that by moving away from District 9 that we'll kind of lose our passion to love and serve the poor that we were ministering to. Or that by growing big that we'll lose the intimacy that we've become accustomed to at um, the City Rescue Mission. And that if we, uh, you know, just... Those are all, and they're legitimate concerns. That we'll have less missions, or that we're going to become kind of, you know, a, you know, another Southside church that just has all the bells and whistles. It looks like all, you know, it looks like South Point. It looks like Celebration. It looks like Crossroads. It looks like all of these kind of churches that are in this area, and that's a legitimate concern. And we we listen to that, and and the staff, just so that you know, um, we're concerned about that too. We're very concerned about that because the last thing that we want to do is grow to 1,000 or 2,000 or 3,000 people. We do want to grow to a church that size because there's power in numbers and we want to bring change to this community. Um, but, but not at the expense of what our values are. You know, our values at River City Church are intimacy with the Father. Our values are ministering to uh, the poor, evangelism, and ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit. And of all of those things, what we feel like we could most likely lose the quickest and would be in a big, you know, we'd be in big trouble if we had to backtrack on this one is our ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it'd be real easy, wouldn't it, for us to become a nice evangelical church that teaches the word every week, you know, and teaches it well, that's creative, that's hip, that has a cool band, a great vibe and worship. Good looking pastor. You know, I just tell you this. I made a mistake on the life course. I went, I, we did the life course thing, and I wrote a note on the top of my life course message. Remember, you're speaking to people who don't know you. And I opened my life course message with, with my famous line, I know I'm attractive, but I'm not available. And they were like crickets. Cricket, cricket. I was like, because no one knows. Like, I was joking. The Lord's like, honey, you're just good looking enough for people to not really know what to do. There's like this like sense of, pity. There's like a sense of pity that came on me. It was horrible. I like, the rest of the talk was like me recovering from that. And that is looping back in my mind of, you know, so if no one shows up the life course, that's a good reason. There's a good chance that that's the reason why. But you know, we could really become a church that moves and loses our identity as becoming, or as being a charismatic, there I said it, charismatic church. And folks, I'll just tell you, we are going to work hard for that not to happen. And we are going to encourage more and more creative worship. We're going to encourage our worship leaders to go for it again and again and again. We're going to leave more and more space at the end of worship. We're going to be doing, we're going to be creating opportunities for testimonies that speak about the power of God's spirit and what it's doing in our life. And we're going to be working hard in that direction. So for the next few weeks or months, or however long it takes, or every once in a while, you're going to hear me do a talk like the one I'm going to do today, which is, look, folks, we are to our core, at our core, charismatic, crazy in love with Jesus, and believe that all of those other three areas, intimacy with the Father, ministering in the power of the Holy, or ministering to the poor, and evangelism, all come out of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's who we are. And so you're going to be sitting next to people in worship who are saying things that you don't understand as they're worshiping in tongues or whatever. You're going to be sitting next to people that might be different from you. You're going to, be, you're going to see people throughout the, throughout the building who are worshiping different. That's who we are. That's who we are. We're a worshiping church that believes that as we pursue God and he pours out his spirit, that will look different for all of us. But it would be a bad thing, wouldn't it, if we grew to 1,000 or 2,000 or 3,000 people and all of a sudden 
when people said, hey, tell me about River City Church, the response was, oh man, they're just like celebration, but they're like this. They're just a little different like this. Or they're not quite as big, so there's more intimacy. Or, and there's nothing wrong with these churches. We love all these churches. They're our buddies. We love them. But we have a different call, we feel like. We feel like our call as a church is to normalize the work of the Holy Spirit. Because many of us, unfortunately, have come in. We come in with this baggage. Either we've been in Baptist, Evangelical, Bible churches that have totally shunned kind of the black sheep of the Trinity. You know, the Holy Spirit. Kind of treat him like as the, you know, the stepbrother of Jesus and God. And we haven't been told, what does it mean to be empowered by the Spirit? We haven't been taught, what does it look to move in the gifts of the Spirit? What does that look like? What does that look like in church? What does that look like in my life? And so we're all you know, kind of like, you know, apprehensive and uptight. And we're worried about that. We come from that. And we have, a, you know, other people who kind of come from the other extreme, kind of the Pentecostal extreme, where it's all about the Spirit. It's all about the experience of God. It's all about the warm, mushy, fuzzy feelings. You know, and so what we're trying to do as a church is to normalize those things. And now he's like, you can't normalize God, Aunt Lee. Well, you can normalize in the sense of, like Tom was saying last week, we are naturally supernatural. That's what I mean by that. We are naturally supernatural. Our natural experience as a church and as Christians is that we are empowered and we are led by the Spirit in the same way that the disciples and the people in the New Testament were. We are empowered by the Spirit in the same way that the Old Testament prophets were when God came and spoke to them. We are empowered by the Spirit to do the ministry of Jesus because Jesus told us, you will continue to do the ministry of me. You are my mini-me's. And in order for us to function as Jesus desires us to function, to be who he created us to be, we acknowledge we have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. It is not optional. It's not optional. And for many of us, we've lived our Christians' lives as, it has, as if it's been an option. Here's an illustration. Imagine that, you know, your favorite car is, um, you know, whatever. It's a Hummer, okay? It's a Hummer. Your favorite car is a Hummer. I mean, decked out. I mean, with all the bells and whistles or whatever. And one day you wake up in the morning and someone comes to your door. I stole this illustration, so anyway. Someone comes to your door and they say... That you open the door, and all of a sudden, the dude is like, dude, got these keys for you. There's your orange and blue Hummer that you've desired your whole life. The big number 15 on the back window like you've wanted. It has the gator fight song when you honk the horn. It is all there for you, purchased. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to do anything with it. That is your vehicle. That's it. That's the good news. Okay? All of what you've ever wanted in your life is fulfilled today in that car. Okay? Now then, here's a parallel. For all of us, for many of us, for all of us really, that's the gift of salvation that Jesus has purchased for us. Okay? All of our needs, all of our desires, all of our hope to find life to the full on this side of heaven has been fulfilled and accomplished in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. All right? So we're happy now, okay? We're fulfilled now. We're excited now, all right? Now here's the bad news of the illustration. Homeboy says this. So that's the good news. The bad news is this. And this isn't really bad news, but it gets like 200,000 miles to the gallon or to, per gas tank, per tank of, of fuel. The bad news is this. 
the, the fuel is, is, is uh, refined plutonium, and it costs $2 million to fill it up one time. You know, at that point, you're just like, what, 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 what am I going to do? Well, what can I do then? I, I can't afford, I can't, I can't, what am I going to do? Just push the Hummer around everywhere? I can't afford the, you know, I can't afford the fuel that goes in it so that the car can do and become what the car is created to do and become. I can't afford that. I can't do that. But that's exactly how we're living as Christians. We have been purchased. We have become who we, we, we were made to be. And we're walking around town, pushing our Hummer, pushing our Christian life, pushing our families, pushing our life in a way that when everyone sees us, they're like, you're like, look at my Hummer. This is awesome. I got this new car. It's amazing. It's, it's phenomenal. All the time, not being able to power. It's not being powered by the source it was created to be powered by. In the same way, our lives were made, once we become a follower of Jesus, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's not up to us. We can't make the kingdom of God move forward without the Holy Spirit. We can't make the kingdom of God move forward without the supernatural movement of the Spirit. Yet that's what we're actually doing when we choose to ignore the work of the Spirit. When we choose to not engage with the Spirit. We choose to just be like, I'm just going to read my Bible and I like that and that's cool. I'm going to be okay with that, you know, and just like, you know, God will speak to me through the Bible, which he will, which he will. But God's desire is to do so much more in your life, to be a powerful force in your life. You know, everything, everything that God gives us, everything that we exist for is for a purpose. Everything. The power of God has a purpose in our life, and it's to get us out there to forward his kingdom. And so many of us, again, our whole life, we became a Christian. We understand that the Great Commission is to go out and to speak to everyone about Jesus and to tell them about God, da, da, da. And we've been doing that the best that we can, the best that we could. You know, but really what's been happening, we feel exhausted, we feel tired, we feel wiped out. There's not the results that we see in the New Testament. I mean, that's the measuring stick. How and what happened in the New Testament? Is that happening in my life? Is that my experience with Jesus and God? Is it? I mean, it's not in mine all the time, but that's, that's what our goal should be as his disciples, to be like Jesus. And so what happens is we realize, this, okay, my purpose, there's a purpose. I have a purpose now is to further the kingdom of God. Okay, come on, let's get our hummer. And we're like, eh, we're pushing the kingdom of God forward. Here we go, we're pushing it forward. And we're getting worn out. And that's not how we are created to do it. God's like, jump in the car, let me be the power. All you have to do is listen to me and I'll tell you where to go. All you have to do is just steer. And I'm going to tell you where to steer. It's not up to you. I'm the power in your life. I desire to be the power in your life. I'm the one. It's my purpose, Antley. It's my purpose. Let me direct you where to go. Let me empower you and tell you what to do. In Acts 1.8, you know, I've been studying. Jesus said about 10 things, 10 verses specifically about the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And five of them came in the Gospel of John when Jesus is talking to his disciples just before he's getting ready to leave. And he instructs them, what, this is what you can expect of the Spirit when he comes. Of the ten verses, five of them, not, those, not all those five, but five of them, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, one in Acts, speak about, not the one in Acts, but the uh, other five, 
speak about Jesus coming to them and telling them things that they couldn't know before. They involve Jesus teaching them and telling them things when they're in front of judges, when they're in front of, you know, when they're in front, when they're being persecuted, when they're in jail, they're in prison. Or Jesus says, I'm going to come and remind you through my spirit of everything that you've been, that I've said to you and everything that you'll need to know. And we understand that to mean that what has Jesus remind them of what Jesus has said? Well, that's the Bible. That's what the New Testament is, isn't it? It's, it's what Jesus has said to us. But I'll also continue to teach you of things. And so it's, I just found it interesting as I was studying this, that Jesus, as he talked about the role of the Spirit in our life, it was to lead us and to speak to us and to give us something that we couldn't find anywhere else. God's desire is to be moving you out. His desire for us as a church is for us to be moving out into the community. And we can move out on our own power. And we can grow to be real big on our own power. But we would get exhausted, we would get tired, and we would never fulfill the purposes of God's kingdom. I want to read to you a story of Nicodemus. It comes in the book of John. Is it up there? There we go. You may know the story, you may not. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, You idiot. Do you really think I meant that literally? He didn't say that. He didn't say that, I promise. He said this though. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Marvel at this. I could put right there, even though it's not there. That's how the language sets up this last sentence. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. I'm not going to talk about anything about Nicodemus, really, except for this last verse, okay? And in this last verse, and it just really grabbed me, and my first thought was, man, that's how people justify doing whatever they want and just say, oh, it's the movement of the Spirit. It's like the wind. I didn't mean to kill somebody, but I just felt the Spirit moving me. You know what I mean? That's not what this verse is about. Jesus is making the point, look, Nicodemus, If you want the life that you've seen me living, if you want the power that you've seen me demonstrating, if you want to have transformation and be in this relationship with God that you're hungry for, you're not going to be able to make it happen on your own. It's supernatural. You're not going to see it coming. And when it comes, you're not going to know what it looks like when it hits you. And when it hits you, you don't know when it's going to end. And you're not going to know, guess what, where it's going to lead you afterwards. It's supernatural. It's like the wind. And the way the wind affects people 
It's different. Everyone's different. And Jesus is trying to make the point to Nicodemus, look, Nicodemus, this is going to be hard for you to swallow because you've been so regimented in your religion. You've been so regimented in your tradition. You've been somebody who's used my father to condemn and oppress and to hurt people so that you would be lifted up. My kingdom looks different than that. We can see the effects of what happens to a life that is being empowered by the Spirit. And one of the things we see, one of the things we realize is that there's no way that the effort of that person could ever do what God's doing. That's the whole reason we started doing spiritual solutions. Because it was you writing down on a piece of paper, God, I want you to do this in my life. I want you to do this in my life so that when it's done, I will know that I couldn't have done it on my own. And I know that it will be you in my life doing it. It will be your spirit coming and doing something in my life that I can testify about. A demonstration that you're moving me out, that you're empowering me. What I liked about this verse, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. The picture I had when I read that, and I kind of was contemplating and reading and praying and thinking about that verse, was just that, you know, we want to be people that are blown around really easily. We want to be a church that can move on the, you know, when it's time to move, we move. We want to be a church when God says, go this way, and the wind blows that way, we go. We want to be a people that we say, we wake up in the morning and say, God, what is it you want to do with me today? And he blows and we go. I don't know if I can coin that phrase. When he blows, we go. I like that though, but that's what we're after as a church. That's what we want to be known and identified for. Yeah, there's this crazy church. Yeah, and they're going, they're going, they're doing all this major ministry. And then I came this week and they started this street corner thing, a couple of volunteers, and now it's hundreds of people being ministered to every week. Because that's where the wind blew on a few people in our church. Yeah, 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 there's this church that's five years old and they're just moving to this new building, they're growing and then all of a sudden they're going to split this summer and they're blowing two of their people out to the beach. They've never led a church before, haven't been to seminary and don't know even what they're doing less than Antley does. But that's where God's going and that's where he's blowing Derek and Beth. And so we're going that way. We're behind them. We're seeing what he's doing. But in your own life, are you... Light on your feet. Are you a person that God can move around as he desires? You see, and I thought about Nicodemus, how hard it would have been for him to hear this. Someone who was steeped in tradition. Someone who, was, who, who had become someone who was big in their community. Had a lot of people who looked at them, looked at him, and looked up to him based on his status as a Pharisee. I mean, he was like at the top of the top. You know, in terms of respect in the community. In terms of, you know, I mean, it's why Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. He didn't want to be seen. He didn't want his friends to see him. He didn't want the Jews to see him. But he was hungry for more. But it would have been so hard for someone like Nicodemus who would have had social pressure, spiritual pressure on him, you know, a tradition on him that would have made it hard for him to be blown and to receive what Jesus had for him. It was almost like, you know, all these things. And in the same way, I think that that's one of the problems that we have in the Western church, we have tradition that's holding us down. 
We have, you know, what are my friends going to think if I go to the front and receive prayer? Or what are people in my office going to think if I feel led to pray for someone and I actually lay my hand on them? You know, what, what, what about my social status? You know, I'm a real famous person. I'm a big person in Jacksonville. And I used to go to this, you know, the, the, the right church in town. And now I'm, I'm not at the right church. That's a big enough risk. Well, I'm saying it's not. It's not enough to be at River City Church. But all of these things in our life, and, and we all have different things that weight us down, that hold us, that stop us from being... Stop us. Stop us. That stop us. We have all these things... That stop us. Holy Spirit told me to do that. But we each have our stuff that makes us heavy. That makes it difficult for us to trust God and to go with Him as He blows us. To go with Him as He directs us. And we have all kinds of excuses. We have all kinds of of reasons why. And we're just like Nicodemus. And Jesus is saying, look... Look, aren't you tired of pushing, trying to push my kingdom around? Aren't you tired of trying to do life without me? Yeah, you're saved, you're going to heaven, but I've purchased that for you, but I have so much more for you. Those mountains that you want moved in your life, stop trying to push them out of the way. You can't push a mountain out of the way. But the Holy Spirit can. And so I know that it's difficult. I know that we're carrying this weight around, these reasons why it's hard for us to allow the Holy Spirit to blow us where he desires. But that's what our goal is. I'm going to go, God, where you, where you want me to go. And I'm going to listen and be who you want me to be. I'm going to say and talk to who you want me to talk to. I, had to, I wrote this line down. And it, I wrote something down I want to read. The Holy where is it? I changed all my notes. I'm changing, I changed my whole talk. Here we go. Here's the reality that God, what God wants for us that makes it difficult. The Spirit of God does what He wants, when He wants, and to whom He wants. You can never know what He will work on individually, in your church, community, or the world. Or when He will move on to what is next. But Jesus is saying the same thing to us that He said to Nicodemus. Look, if you want to be a part of what I'm doing, if you want to be a part of furthering my kingdom... If you want to be a part of what is exciting about who I am, you have to be open to my spirit. You have to allow my spirit to fill you every day. You have to be able to hear and know my voice, to know who and what that looks like in your own life. Because it's like the wind. It's different for everyone. There are no formulas of how we're supposed to be as a church. We're going to be different from every other church. You're going to be different. You're a different believer from every other believer. Your car is different. Your life is different. Who God's calling you to be is different. And the only way you can fulfill who that is is by being empowered and filled with the Spirit. You know, and that's why we have prayer ministry every week. We believe it's the third element of what we do as a church. I can just say I'm going to end with this. I mean, I had baggage like all of you. I was in ministry for 15 years and believed And was taught that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Spirit, had ceased in the ways that we're talking about right now. And I I mean, I believed it with everything that I was. And I went on this life course weekend. I went to London. I'm not going to tell you more about that because I'm going to give away my... The Holy Spirit weekend's on the weekend away. But basically, I remember thinking, like, what's going to happen here? And just like like we end every service, we're asked to come down... 
to close our eyes and to hold our hands out, just like this, like we want to receive a gift. And they're just going to invite the Holy Spirit. And so I'm sitting there, and my heart is like off the chart. Like, I'm like, am I going to get blown through that wall back there? You know, is my head going to spin around? You know, am I going to start like screaming in this weird language that I've heard about? I mean, like, you know, all of a sudden, or is my hair going to grow? Because that was one of my prayers at the time, I'm sure. You know, all of a sudden, am I going to like get real thin? Because that, you know, I mean, what's going to happen here? I mean, what, I didn't know what was going to go on. You know, I've read these stories in the Bible, right, of like things that the Holy Spirit, there was an earthquake and it was the Spirit of the Lord, you know. Seriously, about Haiti and the earthquake, I'm not going to talk about it now, but time will next week. Seriously, that God would do that? Anyway, back to my point. This is my point. And I'm wondering, what in the world will God do? What's he going to do here? And, all, and so, I mean, my heart's racing, right? And so I close my eyes, I'm like shaking. Like, I'm not shaking from the spirit. I'm shaking because, like, I'm scared. Like, I don't know what to, what to do. This is all new to me, you know? And, and I just said, all right, here we go. And the first thing that happened right away is the, uh, as I felt the spirit come. And it was just, like, familiar. He was like, yo, 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 this is me, baby. You've been a Christian for 15 years. I've been with you all the time. He was so familiar to me. I knew, it was like, it was like, we all, it's like, oh, it's you. Well, who were you expecting, Antley? Come on. You know, and I remember just immediately this peace coming over me. You know, and, you know, and, and, and then the rest of my experience from that was, was God just reaffirming this relation, this love that he had for me, pouring out of me, and him just telling me how much he loved me, he loved me, how accepted I was, that it wasn't about who or what I did, you know, it was about him and our relationship, the love that he had for me, transformed my life. You know, I didn't start speaking in tongues right then or anything, I didn't, you know, start jumping around, or I didn't do any of that, I was just really like, wow, I did fall over, eventually, just got real heavy, and like this weight was on me, to where I just kind of crumbled, and I remember like laying on the ground like, I think I could move if I want to, but I don't want to move because of what I was experiencing. It was just like, I can't explain it. It's just like God's love, the weight of God's love. You know, the weight of God just physically present with me. I haven't had experience like that since then. But I've had lots of experience with God since then, and they're all different. The wind continues to blow in my life in different ways. Different. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's the most exciting thing in my life. I was driving Bruce Kissel, who was the first Londoner to come over when we started the church. We're meeting every other week, and I was showing him. He's like, "Well, what does that church believe?" I was like, "They don't believe in the gifts." He's like, "What that church believes? They don't believe in the gifts." We're like driving down San Jose, and we're pointing at all these churches. I was telling him, "He's like, no wonder we never." He goes, "He goes, they're missing out on all the fun. They're missing out on all the fun," and that's exactly right. I was missing out on all the fun in my life. You know how fun it is every Sunday to show up and be like, not sure what God's going to do? It's exciting. It's really exciting. This morning, we're going to give you the opportunity to experience the power of God, to experience the Holy Spirit. We do this every week. It's the third element of our worship service. It's not a tack on. And if you're somebody that normally leaves at this point, I would encourage you to stay this morning. We have your kids for 20 more minutes. There's no rush to get them. And all we're going to do is invite the Holy Spirit to come. So why don't we stand right now? And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. We do this every week. 
And then there'll be a time, you know, after we wait on the Spirit, that if you feel led to come forward, we have ministry space on either side if you want more prayer or more ministry. But this is what you're expecting. You're expecting the Holy Spirit. My job is to get you to believe that God wants to express His love to you this morning through the power of His Spirit. That the mountains in your life that Lex talked about, He wants to begin to chip away at or maybe move them all together. Or that the healing you need in your body or in your mind or in your spirit or your emotions, this morning He wants to bring healing to that area of your life. This is not a tack on folks. This is who we are as a church right here. We are serious about the business of allowing the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to come and move in our midst to bring transformation and healing. We desperately need that. We can't be who God called us to be without the power of the Spirit. We can't be who God's called us to be as a church without the power of the Holy Spirit. So why don't we right now, this is all you're going to have to do. We ask you to close your eyes. And the reason we do that is because we don't need to be distracted by anyone around you. And don't worry. You're wondering like, well, what's happening around me? Don't worry. Everyone else is wondering like, what's happening around me? Or what's God going to do? Those are the two questions. What's happening around me? And what is God going to do? He's like a wind. We don't know. But he's good. He's familiar. He's not going to do anything you can't handle. That's his promise. He's going to pour out his love. That's his promise. He's going to draw close to you. That's his promise. He's going to bring healing and restoration and transformation. That's his promise. So we close our eyes. We ask you to, you know, if you can, hold out your hands. Just, again, that's just a, a physical. There's no magic in this. Like, all of a sudden, this is, you know, you're going to feel or do something. This is this our way to show God, look, I want what you have for me. Well, it might be a little uncomfortable. Welcome to the kingdom of God. This ain't nothing. I used to be uncomfortable with this too. Okay? And now we just invite the Holy Spirit. So now you're closing your eyes. Your hands are out there. You're saying, Lord, I want to be empowered. I'm tired of pushing the car of Christianity around. I'm tired of trying to further your kingdom. Would you come, Holy Spirit? Jesus, we're thankful for the promise that you tell us that when we ask the Father for the Spirit, he always sends him. That as you were teaching the disciples about that, you referred to the boldness of the individual who is doing the asking. And so, Father, each of us, with the boldness that you've given us to come before your throne, we say, send your spirit, Lord. Send your spirit this morning into this room, into our lives to empower us. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Send your spirit, Father.